Well, everybody said about the bird. Grown men watch this shit. A podcast about indie wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode five. Jeez, that sounds weird. We're getting old, man. Episode five of Grown Men Watch This Shit. Yes, wow. yes we do. Yes, we do. We sure do. And we have a royal humdinger of a show this week. Uh, we have a, a, a very important news story that we have to hit off. And then we have a, a Fantastic interview with an amazing man that I'm just so, so excited about. Uh, none other than Pierre Carl Ouellette, PCO, the man that is just the, the talk of, uh, of the internet wrestling world, the talk of independent wrestling, uh, pretty much the uh, most exciting wrestler of 2018, in, in my humble opinion. So I'm um, yeah, just so stoked about that interview. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's get on to it, man. Uh, what's well, what's first here? The the way you were speaking, actually, I, at first I I was kind of confused. I thought you were talking about the other biggest name in wrestling right now, the, the top new item of the day. Once again, David Arquette. Oh, um, David Arquette, I, watch. I hear, yes, I hear you have some news. <laughs> what's this big David Arquette news today, sir? There's an upcoming match coming up. I feel like at some point I need to get like an actual soundbite that I edit into the show, like the <laughs> Law and Order, like David Arquette yes. Watch 2018, something like that. We'll see if we have the post-production capabilities of such a thing. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, David Arquette, uh, latest update here. Last time we were talking about maybe there's going to be a match coming up. Who knows? Do we have to wait all the way till uh, WrestleMania weekend next year before this comeback? Do we have to wait for the Human Tornado match? No. Uh, David Arquette was, it appears that David Arquette will be wrestling again in uh, like a, a week's time on the 15th of July at the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood TV tapings. My gosh, oh. I I don't have uh, much more details than that. I don't know what the opponent is, but... Uh, I believe it is RJ City. I have, I've looked a little bit further into this. It has been confirmed. We have RJ City wrestling, who he calls David Arquette a burnt-out actor and a piece of shit. Um <sighs> Hard words, hard words from one RJ City. Uh, personally, I'm offended. Um, oh, but yeah, too. David Arquette says he's going to kick his ass. I believe beat his ass. One of the two. He used some colorful language. Um, man, such an exciting world to live in. We got PCO and David Arquette. And then you mentioned earlier, before we got on the line, something about maybe the inkling of a David Arquette and PCO match. What was this, Tris? Oh my gosh. Torch, talk about the match of the century, my friend. Uh, again, this is far from, from concrete, but uh, if, if the planets align and, and just the, the world manages to to um, work out in, in such a fashion to where this may happen, oh my gosh. Uh, so PCO versus David Arquette. Let's, let's just explain this a little bit. It's uh, very much uh, in the rumor mill. Um, uh, people that may have been following our, our Twitter might have uh, seen that there was someone that uh, may have tweeted high spots requesting this uh, amazing match. And then David Arquette replied uh, to this uh, upon being tagged, uh, telling high spots to hit him up. So it sounds like David Arquette is amenable to a match with PCO. Holy fucking so shit. David so David Arquette is already in his 
short return to the wrestling ring has decided to end it, evidently, um, with a <laughs> match with Mr. PCO. Uh, but yeah, wow. What the, the whole thing with PCO coming back and then David Arquette coming back and then even this possible inkling of a fantasy booking scenario where this occurs. 2018 is already off to being the craziest year in the world of wrestling in a long time, I would say. Sure as heck is, man. Um, just crazy. Uh, the idea that David Arquette could wrestle Pierre Carl Ouellet. Uh Oh my gosh! Uh, the 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 just I I'm trying to picture that match in my head. I'm I'm an eye patch on the pole match. Oh, any way that this match goes in in my you know version in my mind, it it ends up with with David Arquette being spectacularly murdered mid mid ring. But uh, I mean, people shouldn't cut David Arquette short. He is a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, as we've discussed before, and which uh, is actually a heavyweight title is something that's actually as we we'll, we discuss sometimes uh, escapes some wrestlers, our guests per se. He has not been world champion, and David Arquette has so. You know, kind of a might stick in one's craw. He might want to kick his ass for that very reason, friend. Well, to me, if, if you know, uh, Pierre Carlolet uh, does defeat um, David Arquette, I mean, that's that's a, a win over a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. I mean, that's Era. it's definitely uh, something to, to put you into contention for some other challenges, perhaps. I don't know. Puts a feather in his cap, at least. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, David Arquette Watch 2018, it continues. It's a, an yes, exciting, sir. developing story. And uh, we'll, you know, listeners, we will be uh, keeping you posted on every yeah, little development. So great. I've got a Google Alert set up just in case. So, <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. so be, do we have to cover any more news or we want to get into this deep diving conversation with our guest? I am just so excited about this interview that I just want to get Get straight to it, man. Let's let's right, do let's it. Jump let's right jump in. on in. The, the news can wait. The news of the Dial week can up. can wait. Let's jump into this. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I am tremendously excited to introduce our, our next guest, um, a guy that has been literally everywhere from Canada to Puerto Rico to Austria to Germany to the UK scene to WWF, WCW, ECW, TNA. He's been everywhere except in the year 2018. He is having like the most incredible run of independent wrestling. Um, it's been fantastic to see and I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, this is the, the modern day Frankenstein Terminator of wrestling, I'd say. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Pierre Carlolet, PCO. Thanks for doing the show, man. Welcome. Welcome to the show, sir. Yeah. Hey, how are you, uh, Jeremy and Chris? I mean, uh, yeah, I like your intro, man. It's, uh, it was spot on. It was great. I like it. <laughs> so many accolades to the mean, list. So many. Yeah. No, but uh, I've been, I've been uh, all over the place, like you said, and, and even like in some... Uh, Middle East based like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, uh, Egypt, uh, a bunch of other countries or you know places. But um, anyways, that's been uh, it's been this year. It's been like a crazy buzz, you know, uh, on the indie scene, and uh, it's been like uh, something uh, something absolutely 
absolutely like insane almost. It's it's really really crazy. Uh, every uh, show, every city in the United States or anywhere else, even like Canada, like even though like I'm French Canadian, sometimes mm-hmm. I I go on the you know English side of Canada. The welcome is so warm. There's there's so many people. I mean, almost like every crowd, like I get the biggest pop of the night on on all the evenings when I'm when I'm working. Like uh, I just did like uh, a match with uh, Joey Janela, Teddy Hart, Toby Durs, and uh, myself. So it was a four-way uh, match and. I got like such a great response. I mean, it was it was awesome because Joey is red hot on the uh, indie scene right now too. Oh yeah. I mean, Teddy Hart is an uh, unbelievable talent, and Kobe mm-hmm. was the, the champion at C4. So I mean, it's been like that, and in, in different like Cleveland, Ohio, Chicago, Illinois, uh, you know, so many places. Portland, Oregon, at the other side of the country. On the other side of the country, so I mean, it's been like like that everywhere, like every city. And I work like three three to four times uh, per week, you know, like every weekend uh, I'm booked. Uh, sometimes it's Friday, Saturday. It's just amazing yeah. that you work that often and and like to the the level of craziness that you do work like you're not a guy that that just you know takes a night off like you there's no phoning it in at all whatsoever. yeah yeah i was in a dressing room uh the last day of my last weekend and uh there was a guy there uh the name on the indie scene in canada it's probably 22 23 and he was saying how much you get banged up from working nine nine to ten times per month <laughs> and uh, he was asking me how, how, you know, working twice as he did, you know, like how can I, and especially like working most of the time main events. So, you know, when you you're working with the top guys, the crowd expects a lot, and I hate taking a day off. Like uh, I like to, I'll get all my big stuff in my matches and things like that, and give the fans what they want, and um, almost. Uh, I had the moonsault almost every match. I was going to say, I wanted to make mention of this moonsault because I I think that this is the the greatest moonsault in all of wrestling in the year 2018. It's not like an old man crooked moonsault. It's like the perfect moonsault. I mean, what goes into that? I imagine there's a lot more than people uh, think necessarily. Oh, there's a lot of work into that. I mean, you have to work with a specialist that there's about 10 uh, technical points that you have to execute at in one second. So, you know, there's, there's so many points that you can't, even think, you can't even think of, you know, like you need a good lower back, you need to, to be strong on the lower back, you need very, very solid abs, you know, you have to be really snappy on your abs, you need a great push from your, from your ass. Uh, you know, the balance and everything, the, the, the coordination, the timing for it. You know, there's a bunch of things that people don't even think because mm. in the split second, you know, it's done and it's over. So, but, you know, how many times I do practice that? Like, like not even in the wrestling ring, just on that and doing it over and over and over until, you know, it was perfect because 
you know, I wanted to create a good impression, you know, so that's why every time I'm working on some sort of move or a different move or something, you know, I'm going to probably practice it like over a thousand times before I decided to bring it into a match. So wow. that's basically the way I approach things, you know. And that's why you need so much passion. You need so much uh, sacrifice. Uh, you can't, you know, you can't really have a day off even back home. When you're back home, it's back to the drawing board. It's making videos, uh, you know, because uh, what I like, what I feel is interesting for, for the fans, it's the, to get entertained on watching one video on Twitter or Facebook or whatever the social media platform they prefer. And then the following weekend, you know, uh, I'm following up with some matches. So it's, uh, it's quite cool to see both, you know, to see the, uh, the vignette and to see the live action after that follows up. So it's not just being good at doing vignettes or being good at doing videos, but feel like you have to perform as good as the video is in the ring. So yeah, definitely. That, that's what keeps everything. That what keeps everything uh, building up. Yeah, so everything builds up. Yeah, like you mentioned, the videos that are entertaining, the training videos with you and Destro are uh, incredible. Where, <laughs> we love where them so much. Originally come from everyone loves them. How does the content originally come to you? Just putting the stuff out, just like I need to make content online and get my uh, my monster over further, or where did this come from? It's just uh, it's just uh, at first that show was just a real you know this show has been like in the show business for a long time for for having the strongest grip in the world and uh, you've won many contests on the grips and like there's so many things even like Mark Henry couldn't do what he could do and uh, and then first when I met this show it was just I wanted him to get me the perfect conditioning for, for wrestling in single, you know, because the tag team is different than a single match because you can always tag out the fresh guy and things like that. But in single, you have to, you know, keep it up all the time and, and, and show some energy because people get really entertained by the energy that, that you, you have in the ring. So it's very important to have a lot of energy in your match. And, um, so that's why I I went to Destro and asked him to to train me because the guy used to weigh like 320 pounds. Now he's down to 139. So he, over uh, 12 years he lost uh, 168 pounds or something like that. Goodness, <laughs> it could be more. He just uh, he just classified uh, last weekend for. Um, uh, the Arm Wrestling World Championship. So he had to finish in the top three in Canada, which he did. And that was in the that was in the young class too. That was in the 20 years old and uh, 20 to 35. But this shows older than me, so that's you know that's crazy. So we have like crazy way to train, crazy way to you know to to uh, to just work out. And that's why I went to see him because I knew he kept all his strength. I knew he could do everything that he used to do. And I knew he was like one of the top guy in Canada for arm wrestling. So uh, I knew that he would know how to train me. And so when I started with him, 
sometimes I would say, hey, and one of my friends was there, would say, just show us a color promo for a sunset that I worked for, so it's cutting a promo, and then eventually he, said, he, he, he looked at a, one of Bret Hart's uh, YouTube, uh, you know, the Bret Hart Dungeon Collection? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a DVD where you know he had uh, put like ten of ten of his best matches in his career or something like that. Yeah, great DVD. And he put the one, yeah, he put the one uh, me against him in Henry Rouse three. Mm-hmm. And just before the match starts, like he goes, like PC was one of the best worker I've worked with in the WWE. But it was probably one of the lamest, you know, story. Uh, like storytelling or yeah yeah with the jacket right yeah so Destro really like like he went on it like he he listened to it and he went like okay you had a lame like had a bad gimmick that's the gimmick so so this is I'm gonna show you how to you know cut a deck of cards and a half and I would train your hands for that and I would train really hard on your hands I want you to do like you know bend the bar and they ripped the deck of cards and things like that. So uh, I really worked hard, like for a year, on doing like you know a lot of end works and things like that. So until I was able to rip the deck of cards in half and bend the bar around my neck and uh, also working my jaw and everything. So I did a lot of crazy exercises. And then we started with that first promo where. You know, we're playing poker, and he goes, cut the deck, and I pick up the deck of cards, and I just cut it in half. <laughs> and I go, is that, cut, that, that, is that cut enough for you? And then he looks at me like, okay, you know, I, I've got something now. I turned, I'm, I'm turning the switch into that monster. And then eventually, I think it was the third promo for Walter, because we were going on uh, against Walter for the George General Spring Break 2. So we, I did three promos for Walter. And one of them, he was hitting me with a fried pan in the chest. And yeah. I was, like, doing some some halves. They had, like, some straps around my arms. And I got up, I got out of the straps, and I, I stopped him from hitting me with the fry pan, and I rolled the fry, the fry pan. <laughs> and he had a flash. When he saw that, when he saw me getting out of those traps and, and stopping from the stopping him from hitting me with the fried pan, mm-hmm. he he said that he saw Frankenstein, like he, it literally in his imagination when freaked out, and so that's how everything started evolved from there. Yeah, I mean Without that was the start of the monster. It's not just that. It's not just that but that's that's a big part of it because I walk like that and some of uh some of the things that I do it's already like like in the movie so there's a lot of parts of me that are like that and mm-hmm. but we added different things because you know it's not just that it's just it's it's PCO it's the the, the package of PCO people can take it as as all how they want to take it, they can they can take it as Frankenstein, they can take it as Terminator, they can take it as whatever they want. But uh, the main thing is like PCO is not human, you know. That's mm. the main thing. So that's how everything started, mm. and then that's that's how the the evolution. 
came and and uh, never never uh, creativity is always there. Yeah, it's like we're so passionate about what we're doing that no, we're, there's such a big team also, you know, a lot of people like writing for us and uh, finding ideas and uh, writing scenarios. So we always like we always have like four or five ahead of us ready to shoot. Uh, even as we speak now, I've got four. There's you know vignettes coming out that I know what what they're gonna be, but. Depending on what's happening during my career, you know, if something happens, something happens, we may switch, you know, maybe the order, depending on what's going on. Hmm. Something happens or something pops out or if there's a need of something to be shown, we can always, like, switch it and, and maybe do one that will, like the one with the nail in my nose. Oh, I love it. That is done. <laughs> That was supposed to be done, like, not right away, but I was on the road, and I I kept telling, I kept on telling Destro, I want to do this one as soon as I get back from the road. I want to I wanna get this one done. This one is going to be real good. So I, I had a huge feeling for this one, and um, it's good because it's almost like, uh, not almost, it's like Quentin Tarantino when you look at some of the movies, Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction. Hmm. You have all those scenes, but they're not in order. So you have to go back in time and place them, play, play, place them in order. So it makes the real story at the end. Yeah. So I could see that because you know I mean the the one where one yeah. of my favorites where you were a, a dug up in the the cemetery and and destro carries you out in the in the sleeping bag and then you can envision going from that one to the the one that you're talking about with the the nail in your nose when you're on the in the the surgery room yeah and then the crossroad when we crossroads and then it's like we we lost track of each other for a while and i i met him and then we buried that thing, you know, the, the box there that everybody's asking what's in that box, you know. Hmm. So, you know, buried that box, you know, we, we, we got that box everywhere with us. And uh, so that's the way it works, basically, you know. And so it's always, uh, it's always like that. So that's what's cool about it. And it's good because, because you've been following each and every one of them. So if someone catches one, Let's say the one the today, uh, like the, this week, the one that we we've done this week, and then maybe they're gonna be, they're gonna feel like they don't know why it's there. So people are gonna tell them, "Oh, go watch the other one." So by the time they watch the other one, uh, they'll find out. And by the time they watch the other one, the character keeps. Uh, evolving, you know, you saw Destro this week, uh, something happened, you know, like the guy went for, for a clothesline, and the way he ducked it, like everybody went like, this This ain't normal, like there's something. <laughs> Supernatural <ridiculous>. ghost Destro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, so the mystery is so, so much there, you know, it's so mysterious. There's a lot of things, so everything continues to evolve, and there's, you know, uh, we haven't touched like, you know, the, the 
tips of the ice, not even, you know. The, yeah, yeah, the tip <laughs> of the iceberg with the, the potential of these videos, I think. I, I can't wait to see yeah, where yeah, the story goes all next. On, it's all under, yeah, everything, the, the character itself, it's all under, you know, the water so far, as far as I'm concerned. You know, we only see like 10, 15% of the whole thing. So imagine when everything comes out, how big it's going to be. So yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so good. I think people love them because, like you were saying, um, they can watch one video and just be like, "Holy fuck, this is amazing!" And then you you have to watch more, and then you watch more, and you slowly the the greater story starts to unfold. I mean, one of my favorites I just wanted to say was the one with the the beef bone, uh, where where Destro has the the is it the the beef. Uh, femur bone uh, set up in the the workout mm-hmm. room. Uh, so, yeah. and then you're you're gonna chop this this beef bone with your hands, and this yeah. terrified me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what the, went into that? Those, those yeah, it's crazy because those bones they're, they're made to support at least two thousand pounds each leg. You know, so. I mean, it's it's really tough to do. It's something I really enjoyed my arm on this one. You know, it's really it's really tough. I mean, uh, you you really have to to give it all, and uh, you don't know if the bone's gonna break or your bone's gonna break. Mm. One of those things where you gotta take risks sometimes, you know. And it's not something that you can really practice. You know, I practiced a lot, you know, with cement blocks, so. I knew all the new things and how to hit them and how to use all my weight, you know, to go across. So it's not just my arm, mm. but it's, uh, it's one of those deals where you risk, you know, because I've seen a lot of people trying to break things and ending up at the hospital. So it's uh, it's part of the game, you know. So Such commitment. That's why I think also that I think also that's why the people. Uh, really liking the fact that we do those videos because they can mm-hmm. see uh, the risk and the efforts and things like that. So uh, it's, 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 it's uh, like I said, you know, we have to, to have a lot of passions to, to do things like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this, this day and age of professional wrestling, doing the videos or having really like the gifts going across the internet, like those moments are really, really key in getting a lot of people over nowadays. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest moments I re- of your recent matches is with the table around your neck that our, our friend Chris here was, he captured uh, beautifully in his artwork when you snapped, <laughs> I think it was actually a door, a door, when you snapped a door <laughs> over your head. Yeah. That that went viral. That was pretty crazy. Is that just something like, well, you, you, man, you mentioned training for the moonsault. You don't train to take a door to the head, do you? <laughs> no, no, but, but in the meantime, those moments, you can see when you're on a roll, when you're having such a, a big run, uh, those moments, you cannot create them. You know, it's, it, they just happen. You know, they just happen. It, it, it became viral, and you would try to set up something like that, and it, it wouldn't work, you know? It's nope. just it's just the way that the, the atmosphere, the way the people are feeling, the because it was like the crowd was so into it, like it was mm. craziness that night. It was one of the the best. You know, you know sometimes I've worked in front of twelve thousand, you know, ten thousand, twelve thousand 
maybe 20,000 people sometimes, and you don't have the reaction that you're going to have in front of a 1,200 people that they were like uh, tournament. Yeah, that that night had a crazy, crazy atmosphere. That was the the Joey Janela's, uh, the GCW tournament of survival uh, with yourself against yeah. uh, Joey Janela. And yeah, uh, Jeremy and I uh, watched yeah. that match um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, in, in watching that whole show, there was so much crazy stuff on that show of, of this deathmatch thing and, and uh, light tubes and this, that, and the other. And But but you guys, you and Joey, got the, the best reaction of the whole night uh, for, for what you did. And it was almost like as soon as you, you came out for your entrance, it was like there was a different feeling yeah. in the, the building and the atmosphere of just like, you know, it, it, there's nothing else like it in wrestling where it's just like this this monster is is coming out to to just destroy things and then yeah everything was yeah. was great with the, the stuff with the door and the where you uh, threw joey with the fall away slam crowd uh, surf. into the crowd yeah that that went viral too yeah, yeah. and the way yeah yeah everything everything went like so good like so perfectly so it was just another like another thing that helped you know to build you know, like the Walter match, the Joey match, and it was a bunch of other matches. But we have some some matches that are really, you know, like the uh, the last week match at C4. Those matches are really uh, they're really standing out out of the other matches. Like like you said, you know, I really I don't really never I never really take a night off. I always work hard, but. Sometimes I don't know for what what reasons it could be. Uh, um, maybe I don't know. There's just nights where the night against Walter. I mean, it was another like some sort of crazy something that just happened that I cannot put my finger on it. It's just it was like two movie know. monsters going against each other. It was like. Godzilla and Mothra, you know, it's just incredible. <laughs> me and I mean, Chris actually were both in the building for that one, and yeah. it was incredibly late, but everyone still was alive for for that match. To me, to me, it was almost like the Rocky Four movie where yes. Rocky's in Russia. There you go. And it, for for me, I felt like the crowd was cold to my venue, to to my entrance, and from the three-legged moonsault. Hmm. Yeah. When the spring, the spring-legged moonsault happened, boom! Everybody erupted. Everybody went up and started cheering and applauding, and and it was just like from that moment on, all the way to the end, it was just crazy. Mm. It was, it was, even from from the moonsault, it started the building up. You know, from different things from the beginning, or from mid-match, if you want. I think well, the the chop exchange like was this, one of my favorite parts, where the crowd oh, just that, stood up yeah, to their that, feet. That kind of set them on fire. Oh my yeah. god! It was a long one. <laughs> it was a long one. Oh man! It cause... was from one corner to the other corner, back to the other corner. It was uh, it was crazy. Though the hardest chops you ever taken. I mean, it's pretty. Your chest looked pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the next day it was like all back to normal. So oh, it's okay. just a night thing. So, yeah, it was all right. Mutant yeah. healing power. Understood. Understood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not human. Not human. <laughs> yes, sir. That's it. That's, 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 that was uh, Michael from Black Label Pro, uh, the promoter there. Like, 
he called me up the next morning. He said, that was your chest. I took a picture, sent it to him. He said, gee, you're, you're not normal. Said, you're not normal. <laughs> I don't understand. This is nothing that I can understand. No. Said, nothing makes sense with you. So. Yeah. Man, because those chops, I... um. Uh, another wrestling friend of mine uh, wrestled uh, Walter in the the UK a couple of months ago, um, and and from Walter's chops, his chest was just bleeding, and he said he'd never experienced a chop like Walter's in his entire career. Um, but I mean, you yourself are known for for your chops. I, I remember watching a, a lot of your stuff from the early two thousands in um, IWS and things like that where uh, you uh, just had the best chops in wrestling. It was like the, the Kobashi chops, those repetition chops. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, when I went to Japan, I really liked uh, the way Kobashi worked, and I really kind of decided to introduce the, some of the stuff in my style, just some of it, you know, that I really liked. So I really liked the, the Kobashi chops, so I, I started doing them, and I still to this day do, do them and I did them against uh, uh, Walter I do them once in a while and uh, yeah when it's there you know uh, I like to do them and uh, I mean Walter is like he's got like those giant hands you know so he's, he's got a little advantage there but <laughs> that doesn't mean that doesn't mean he's got the the toughness on the chest, you know. Uh, so, he, you know, he, he was he was not as marked as I was. He was not as purple or blue as I was. But if you look at the picture, we're side by side. He was he was kind of red too. He had a he had a rough night. Oh yeah, himself. I think few people throw chops back to Walter as hard as you did. So, you bow our respect for that one, sir. Yeah, I mean. You can tell he's not uh, he's not used to get chopped as much as much as he uh, he likes to chop others. <laughs> yeah, it's something to, to to give them, but it's another thing to receive them. Yeah, I, yeah. I think you might need to revisit that a little bit. Maybe come September uh, down in Los Angeles, you might need you know a little bit of a receipt to Mr. Walter there. I imagine. Oh well, I know you you do have the rematch in IWS. Yeah, next week. Yeah, I mean, uh, this week. The fourteenth uh, of July. Yeah, fourteenth of July is for uh, it's for the TV in Canada. It's for a Good call, Chris. Regular TV. So yeah, it's going to be pretty crazy. It's for a street fight match too. Wow. Yeah, I, I hope they post that match. I'm very, very excited for that rematch. Yeah, I am too. And uh, it's weird because now that I'm working like uh, every week. And like three, four times a week, uh, it's like I don't see it coming as much as, uh, you know, sometimes I could see more coming when you don't work as much. But now first you have to go through your week and then you have to concentrate on what's coming up after. But it's there in my mind. I know it's coming up, but uh, I didn't put all my full attention on it yet, you know, but uh, I'm sure uh, the more that we get closer to the date, the more focus I will get. So that's that's one thing uh, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with uh, Walter, 
in particular. In doing my research for the show, I saw that you, um, back when you were working uh, for WXW in Germany um, earlier in the 2000s, uh, you actually got to work uh, Walter back then. Um, do you have any, any yeah, recollections right. of that and how Walter's maybe changed since then? Yeah, yeah, totally changed. Like he was uh, kind of shy and wouldn't talk that much and uh, now he's in charge of the nursing school over there. Uh, so he's got a lot of leadership, um, you know, a lot of confidence in himself. Uh, he knows you know, uh, what he does. He does it, you know, he's good at what he does and uh, he, he knows his strengths and he knows, you know, what he's good at and everything. So that's, it's always changed from the day. Well, he was 18 when I first met him. So it was just, you know, very new to the business. I just, just got broken into the business. So uh, couldn't compare anything, you know, with the last match and the first match. It was, and it was a four-way, so I didn't work in that much, you know. Mm. Probably was there for a few minutes with him, but... Uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't like he probably remembers more uh, himself about the match than I do. Mm. Because uh, I remember like Zach Faber came up to me, said he was there too. And I couldn't even remember that Zach Faber was there. But, I, but I've been watching Zach Faber for the last four or five years, you know, because he's one of my favorites and I really like his oh, work. Oh, yes, that's true. So it, it, it just, just to tell you, uh, how much you know? Everybody has changed since you know in in, in ten years. So so it's just uh, uh, just why if I couldn't uh, recognize uh, Zach and he's a pretty humble guy and a guy that talks to everybody and success didn't go uh, straight up to his head like it happens to a lot of guys even on the NBC sometimes. Mm. So, you see some guys, and sure, you guys, you notice it sometimes. You can, you can tell the one that they take themselves themselves seriously, like they're some sort of big superstars. That you know, they have the attitude that goes with it, and you have the the other guys that they're huge superstars, but down to earth and uh, more humble, really humble about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, right, Zach. Like that and, yeah. I was going to say, Zach is, is awesome. We're, we're big fans. I would love to see uh, yourself and, and Zach. I think that match would have a great contrast to it and great feeling. Yeah, I like contrast too. I like a big guy and a small guy. I've seen some uh, Walters match. They were really good with guys like that, with Zach or other guys that aren't as big as he is. Uh, it makes, uh, like you said, the contrast uh makes it, you know, uh, helps the match sometimes. You know? mm. It's good to see two big, two big guys uh, going at it. It's also good to see uh, a smaller guy that can do so many things and can, you know, be surprising for the big guy and coming up with, you know, submissions or just different holes or moves that the big guys that used to see or to receive so they're they're both working good both both style of match are working good so I I like them both I've had like great matches with Sami Zayn and El Generico Mm. 
Yes, I, I saw like, recently so your. Um, sorry, I was going to say I saw recently. I was the champion there, and he took the strap from me. He took the title from me, and uh, that was a hell of a match. Me and uh, and Sammy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> your um your three way yeah. match with uh with uh, El Generico and Kevin Steen, I think is, is still available on uh, YouTube from from IWS. I watched that yeah. recently. That was a really good match. Yeah, really good, really good. Mm. And yeah, actually, really like, like you're that. part of the a really a lot of times people think about uh, the X division when you were a part of it. That part of that part of TNA people think about really fondly. So that dichotomy of the big guy versus the little guy. Uh, what do you think about your time in TNA? Do you have any stories about that period of time? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest story of that for myself is uh, the craziest bump that I ever took, I think. And one of the craziest bumps, I think to me, it's like almost a death match bump. That's where I set up uh, uh, I can't remember his name right now. It's in Amoris, the uh, machine gun. Uh, uh, Chris Alex Saban? Shelley or Saban? One of the, uh, what's that? There's Alex Shelley or Chris Saban. Chris Saban. Mm, okay. I'm more. Uh, I'm having a single match against Chris Saban, so I give him a backbreaker and I set him up on the cement floor on the outside of the ring, and I go to the top rope and I do the full cannonball of the top rope, and he moves out and I hit the cement floor. Oh, okay. So. They did a report that's available on uh, YouTube also, and they and Mike Taney and another commentator with a camera, and they went on the top rope, and they were saying this is about the height of the roof of a house, and uh, Hex uh, jumped right out of the uh, from that roof from the top rope and wanted to land on Chris Saban, and, and we're. Lucky enough that Chris Saban had moved because he would have been dead. <laughs> uh, but like then they explained, but they made like an eight-minute segment, five-minute segment about that, explaining the whole thing, uh, how much I didn't have any regards for my body and things like that. Kind of like a modern-day so Cactus Jack. The, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it didn't help. You know, my push at the time, it didn't help anything. So it's just. Uh, just sometimes, even if you do things that are super spectacular or out of the box or whatever you call it, you know, if you're not hot, you're not going to come out as good as they're going to come out if you're hot. So I think it's <laughs> it's just hard to, to know when you're going to be hot or not. <laughs> so you, you just, you know, you just try for the best all the time because you don't know the future and so you just you just try to to impress you know first you know your boss and then and then your your mate your roommate your your the other wrestlers and then the fans and hopefully you know you, you try to to make an impression on everybody you know, at least showing like you know he's got some heart you know he, he wants it so bad that he's willing to end up in a wheelchair you know to to accomplish his dream, you know, to to uh, to gain, uh, you know, to to advance and to just just to reach out for his goal. So that's that's basically that's why we're 
like it. That's why I was doing it. But people are asking me why I'm doing it. Because, well, instead of wanting to have success. It's one part. It's like, I mean, when Joey uh, jumped up the top of a building into the the box of a pickup truck. And, oh, yeah, with Zandig. Uh, he broke it. And then they broke his, his back in three different places. It's, uh, you know, it's it's just because, you know, you're trying to elevate your work rate or, you know, trying to show how much you want it and uh, mm. how bad you want it. So uh, that's, that's how I look at it. You know, for, for some people, it might look stupid, but for us, you know, uh, there's always the... Uh, a meaning and, and everything. There's something that you know. It always, there's always a reason for it. You know, it was, it, and it's not in my case. It's not for for the the love. You know, the people, the cheers, and, and things like that. It's more about you know, like setting up goals for yourself, and and you know, I mean, if you if you live life, you're like you, you don't have anything to accomplish. You feel like you're you're just floating in the wind, uh, but if you have a direction and you know where you're going, it's like that every morning that you get up, you have a goal. You know, at the, at the beginning of each day, towards the end of each and every day, there's always a goal. So that gives you the passion. That gives you what transpires out of those videos. What transpires out of the ring entrances. What transpires out of the comebacks in the rings and what transpires of uh, each and every sequences that you may have to do during a matches. So to me, that's, that's the, the reason why, you know, that we're, we're doing that. It's not, uh, it's not just, you know, to say, oh, I'm going to pick up some nice, good-looking girls or, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go at the bar at the end of the night and I'm going to have a few beers and pick up a girl. And, you know, it's more than that, you know. It can be that when you're 20, 25, or even 30, 35, 40, whatever. But <laughs> some, <laughs> I mean, for some guys, 60, like, 70, but, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Jake Roberts, Razor Ramon, you know, ever <laughs> end, you know. <laughs> it's tough for them to, to, to change their mind and to think of something else because I don't know why, because I, I'm not like that. Uh, but I just feel now like it's more important for me to achieve my goals sure. than to pick up the nicest chick at the bar at the end of the night. You know, for me that's empty. You know, at the end of the night, you know, uh, even though every night uh, the rumor is that PCO is picking up the nicest chick at the bar, <laughs> I mean that becomes an old song. You know, there's, there's just emptiness there. There's, there's no big deal, you know, and for me, it's a, a life achievement, something that you've worked at during your whole life. Uh, eventually, you have to take those things that takes, because it looks stupid, you know, we're making fun of it, but let's say uh, I'm in Germany for a tour or something, and every night I'm going out, ending up with chicks and having fun and not sleeping well. Well, at the end of the year, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, I feel I'm not gonna be as sharp as I could be. You know, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm gonna feel like I missed out on something. You 
know, and I sure. tell them something. I can, I didn't do something right. Uh, you know, without being like uh, the perfect human being, you know, but at least I'm trying to put every chance on my side. You know, that I, I know how to have fun. I know how to make jokes. And, you know, all the people around me are surrounding me laughing and things like that. So, you know, for me, it's important to uh, get as much sleep as I can when I can. And not to drink and not to party hard and things like that. So that's one of the things that's going to make the difference uh, between maybe a, a, a 35 that goes hard, parties hard, and things like that, and relies on his talent. And me, older, but going to bed early, you know, getting up early, uh, making all those sacrifices in the gym, you know, like uh, all the time during the whole week, and just, you know, having that constance, constancy. Uh, and then people are thinking, oh, this guy's a beast, this guy... You know, he's a machine, he, you know, he goes all the time and things like that. But it's just uh, just the way that I discipline my life around things. That makes that difference. So yeah, I guess that gives the difference I, for I the consistency you, in the, the ring yeah, performances. Up with, yeah, you might come up with that question next. Like, do you think, like, uh, there'll be other guys, you know, in your age trying to like, come back for make it back into the business. Have you heard anything about that? There probably are some guys who want to capitalize on that, I imagine. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that's the yeah. difference if they're ready to make the, the complete commitment like you're you're discussing. I think very few people uh, would be able to, to dedicate themselves, that they're everything with the complete passion and, and like that authentic passion that, that you're talking about. And I think that's why uh, yeah. your comeback is yeah. different to, to, you know, some other older guys' comebacks. Yeah, those guys, like, when they go on the road, like, three, four days in a row, and they can't sleep in the three, four days, just not, just because you're in Portland, you know, you have to do eight hours with, you know, layovers right to Portland, and you have to come back on the East Coast and grab a car, and you don't have the time. You have two hours at your room, so you better just crash on the floor at the airport, you know. A way to speak, you know, you just uh, sit in this, you know, take a chair and sit there or try to get a few, uh, an hour relaxing. But I mean, I'm not sure that they would be willing to do all those sacrifices. You know, it's, it's in the gym, it's, it's, it's uh, with teachers, with coaches, but it's also on the road too, you know, traveling like a lot of hours, you know. Sometimes you're in a car for five, six, seven hours, coming back five, six, seven hours, air flights, you know, airfares, uh, waiting at the airport, uh, everything. So there's a lot, you know. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot, lot of guys say, you know, the actual wrestling in the ring is, is such a small part of the, the overall commitment of everything that you do from, like you're saying, that the travel and the, the work and the workouts and everything like that, people maybe don't um, don't take full consideration of uh, all of the, the rest of everything that goes into that, you know, a 10 to, to 20-minute in-ring match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 100% uh, with you on that because uh, 
traveling and the gym and everything else, probably 90% of the job and 10% goes to the actual match. But that 10% is so important because it's the match itself. Hmm. But the 90%, I mean, a lot of people are quitting on the traveling because they, you know, they don't think they can make it without their job or... Because when we do like when I do make a commitment like that, you know, I'm not doing anything else. You know, like I'm just wrestling. I I'm not gonna start like working like two days somewhere and then go to wrestle and try to get my days off. I mean, it's a full commitment. It's a hundred percent, hundred and twenty percent committed to wrestling, and, yeah. and that includes. It's even hard with my family. I barely have some time with my family on my days off. I mean, I'm talking my my dad. I almost don't see him. My mom, I see her sometimes. I got a ten year old, nine year old daughter. She's gonna turn ten pretty soon, and she she goes goes. You know, it's dad's career first. So <laughs> that's what she said. So she's talking like that. You know, she, she talks to my mom. She, She's got to tell my mom, you know, and that's career. That's career comes first, my uh, mommy. You know, so <laughs> so she 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 knows the commitment. So yeah. At a young age. We speak of you speak trying of goal to do setting. Was did was PWG a goal that you had in mind a while ago, or is that just something that all of a sudden oh, yeah. the opportunity? Yeah. Okay. That was yeah, me and Chris. Think, that's first. where me and Chris actually initially met. PWG is kind of a big part of this podcast. So, uh, yeah, the that announcement, they put you out first. Incredible. Everyone lit up. And now there's an opportunity basically to face what I think is probably the most eclectic bowler roster, Chris, would you say? Yeah, like, it's, it's incredible. A, a great mix of, of all sorts of guys from all over the world. Uh, a lot of guys that are maybe less established in PWG. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's incredible. But uh, again, most excited about uh, when we saw that uh, number one announcement for PWG Battle of Los Angeles 2018 in uh, PCO. Uh, just I'm tremendously excited about this tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, what what are your thoughts going into this, uh, Carl? Oh yeah, man. Uh, this this is like my me. I mean, this is the most important. Uh, thing like this year i mean uh, if you look at the other things that they are in the past now i mean the for for uh, at one point uh, the spring break was you know my number one my priority but now now it's now that that's out of the way now it's totally bola i mean that was the goal that i had set at the beginning of the year for myself and uh, another goal was that i wanted to be near WrestleMania or at WrestleMania, you know, for April. Uh, so it's just the building decide, so which was cool. And then Bola was the biggest goal, you know, for me this year. I mean, it was something that I really wanted, even though if I would have uh, had the chance to, to sign with WWE, I mean, uh, I would have been sad not to uh, to live uh, Bola uh, mm. once in my life, you know. And I'm so 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 proud to be part of it, and I'm I'm so thrilled, and I'm so pumped and focused, and uh, uh, I really want to make a, a hell of an impression there. I really want to make. Uh, I really want to. 
uh, jaw droppings and people who are like, this is impossible. You know, this this cannot be possible. That's that's <laughs> that's the kind of thoughts I'm going there with. Yeah, I mean, I know the PWG oh, yeah. fans are going to be receptive of that in every way. Uh, the the PWG fans seem to me like the kind of fans that would uh, would be all about PCO. Oh, most definitely. Uh, can't wait, can't wait to see. I know I, I've read a lot of things. I've read a lot of things by people from different places in the world that they weren't supposed to go to Bola, but decided to change their plan and to go there. So that really. That's really something special to me. That means a lot to me. And uh, for sure, I don't want to disappoint anybody. So uh, I'm trying to organize everything to be, you know, uh, very healthy and uh, very uh, energetic and, you know, have everything going on for me that week, that weekend. So um, this is very, very, very special and very important to me. Yeah, I mean it's me. it's like the the most important wrestling tournament in in America right now, maybe in the, the world. It's got such prestige behind it. Everyone looks forward to to this tournament every year, and it just keeps getting bigger and better every year. Um, I mean, uh, Jeremy and myself are, are gonna try our very best to be there in person as well. So uh, we'll be there, hopefully cheering you on too. Uh, but yeah, can't yeah, wait. Yeah, the potential are, for uh... the matchup potentials are insane. Like. I I can only imagine him and Jonah, dude. Him and Jonah Rock would be insanity. Oh. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it literally is the most eclectic lineup I've seen. Like, and we've been I've been going the last three or four years at this point. And honestly, the, some of the names, uh, like Jody Fleisch is coming back to to wrestle in freaking PWG in 2018. This yeah, is early insanity. 2000s indie wrestling sensation Jody Fleisch. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, I'd love the idea of you and, uh, Jonah Rock, Carl. I mean, that to me is just Hoss fight, Hoss fight city. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm looking at all the 24 participants and like, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. You know, it's just too bad that you get to work, you know, you know, I don't know how many guys over the, the length of the tournament, but, uh, Whatever, you know, whatever I've got in front of me, you know, I'm going to make sure uh, the crowd goes crazy. <laughs> I know that's, it. That's the whole point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so hopefully it'd be good if I, if I knew uh, who I would have, you know, who I would be going against uh, for my first match. That there would be something that I would like to know. But uh if I have to find out over there, it's something that I'll find out over there. I, I really, or just I really cut a promo on everybody, uh, just the, an individual promo for each member of the fucking tournament. Like, hey, calling everybody out. PCO's gonna eat your hay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, we are definitely waiting with bated breath for those uh, match announcements, and yeah, can't can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, yeah, and one way or another, it's gonna be uh, something uh, historical, you know. One way or another. Yeah, definitely sure. be memorable. Sure, it'll be. Yeah, yeah, very. So that's that's something that uh, I'll be able to put on my resume. For sure. Uh, you know, so I'm really, really happy about that. That was uh, that was one of my my goals in my life. So. 
That's uh, something I'm really looking forward to. I'm uh, really excited about it. And when I, before we had the show, I went on Twitter and let everyone know that we were going to have you on and ask for some questions. We only got two. One was marginally inappropriate. I wanted to know your Hugh and Destro's favorite style of drug. Uh, but then <laughs> the one that actually kind yeah, of got a little bit I of news. <laughs> the one that got a little bit of news was the, uh, you mentioned that you'd like to go one-on-one with The Undertaker one last time. Um, that would be freaking incredible. That's, How perfect would that again, be? Again, movie monster versus the phenom it's incredible and we have to and, have destro there yeah 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 it got actually yeah. press it got press that's pretty crazy hmm. yeah i mean i mean uh as much as uh as, uh, you know like i think the the fans they have a lot to say in a lot of things you know they sometimes they underestimate their power because you feel like maybe uh, the promoters or WWE, you don't listen to them, but they listen to the fans more than the fans think that uh, the corporation might listen to them. Uh, they do have a lot of power, and uh, when they, they voice their opinions, uh, it always ends up you know, in their ears. So I think... You know, people as as much as further as we're gonna get with this thing, and as as much as everything will evolve, uh, I think the fans will figure out by themselves what they want and why they want that, and and and, and, and the reason will will clarify for themselves as uh, as as the year goes on. Uh, it will be like uh, crystal clear eventually that you know that something's gonna happen. Uh, yeah. I'd be. Uh, I think it'd be. Uh, 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 I'm thinking after Bola might be crazy, but it might get it might get crazy on uh, August 17th too uh, for uh, George General loss in New York. Oh yeah, Matt you Riddle, and Matt Riddle. Oh. I'm so excited for that match. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be something else. I mean, I'm really pumped for that because I, you know, like I promised everybody, you know, I'm gonna have a new ring entrance gear, new ring entrance music, and it's gonna be another notch in the uh, PCO evolution, uh, you know, going forward in this. Because what I like about you know the way. PCO is evolving since uh, 2017 and since the, the the spring break and the WrestleMania weekend. It's like uh, it's a little bit different week after week, and maybe from like you know from now on, from the 17th of August to the end of the year, then you're gonna see another notch up, you know, on the evolution of the character. So it's not like okay, uh, this guy here now, he's got this name. He's gonna dress up like this, and we don't know why, but he's gonna be called this name. And no, there, there's there's real life uh, stories that are mixing up with the character. So, like I said, you know, the way I walk, you know, the way I handle my my body, myself, the, my movements, you know. It's all related, and then it just everything makes sense, you know. Everything makes sense, and 
and then the resurgence and the resurrection is the people that started to say that about the career. And then when we did the video, and then it all makes sense, you know, it all makes the loop around, you know. So it's, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Like the fans are saying something about PCO, but then they see the video. Oh yeah, he was dead, and Destro resurrected him, and then it makes sense with the career. Mm, yeah, and definitely. There's a link, you know, from videos to match to match to videos to real life to not real life. Everything is linked together. That's the beauty of the thing. Yeah. I think that's why it's so over. Yeah, it's a fully, uh, a fully realized it, character. It's got all layers. It's not just one, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times nowadays, a lot of cookie cutter bullshit that's going on in wrestling. A lot of guys look the same, got the same look, same kick pads, everything similar. And they wrestle well, the PCO, same. Yeah, PCO has created an individual, unique character. It's, and an I, authentic it's kind character of reminds me of like Matt well. Hardy a little bit. You know what yeah. I mean? Matt Hardy's kind of evolved so much yeah. further than just... Yeah, so it's kind of similar to that in my aspect. Very different. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard a lot of... Uh, sometimes I've been comforted with Matt Hardy. But with different things that he's done, he's done different things, but it's compared, you know? The comparison, sure. like, it's kind of there. But, uh, yeah... But uh, like I said, I don't know where Matt got his idea from, but uh, uh, as far as myself, everything is close to reality, you know? So there's a lot of things that are linked together to that character, and that's why this is getting over that that because it's uh, the, the big part under the PCO character is the real car Willette. Mm. So... It takes sometimes, and I've heard like at the office in WWE, I've heard like Stone Cold, like they, they tried like saying like he was he was moaning, bitching sometime about them putting him in the ringmaster, you know, thing like when she said that's not me at all, you know, I'm not the ringmaster, you know, he didn't want to be ringmaster, and he wanted to be you know uh, a Texas, you know, a guy from Texas that speaks yeah. like you know the language of Texas and the things real like Steve that. Austin. Yeah. He wanted to be himself, just like just like every character, right? Just like when The Rock became uh, more of himself and not like some sort of a, a phony guy, you know, that wasn't himself. Then he, 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 that's, that's what he said. And that's why he didn't get over at first, because he was playing something. He was not himself. And... Um, you know, it's the same way for me. I mean, I don't I, don't get me wrong. Uh, the Quebecers worked all right. You know, we did good. The Lafitte right, character right. did all right, but but it wasn't wasn't, it wasn't what I wasn't what I thought that I could be uh, myself, like be my real self. And I, I just had the the opportunity now in 2018. With the social media and with the people, like I say, their 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 voice is so strong and they have so much power that if they like something, they're gonna say it loud, you know. And that's what I that's what I like about you know 2018, and that's what I think. Uh, sometimes when I finish a match like I did like last week, the four way with the art and Janella and hers and myself, and the referee was like. Man, that's, that's that's 
crazy. And a lot of people were like were their 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 jaws were dropping because they couldn't believe what they just had witnessed. And uh, and I say that in all humility. I could just feel it. But the numbers of pictures that I took after the show and the people, the comments that I had and everything. And I'm just saying uh, how, how good it is to be yourself, you know, and, and to be able to, to perform as yourself and, and not being caught on on, on being a, a coward or being, you know, because most of the time the UWE, they're here, we always like to turn them into cowards or they, they, they couldn't believe like a French Canadian could be a baby face all over the United States, all over the world. But right now, like everywhere, every state, every federation, everybody that's is calling me for bookings or or that I show up for appearance as far as a wrestler, it's always a huge positive response, and there's a PCO, PCO chance all over the world. So basically everything that they said, like it's, uh, it's happening. Everything that they said that could not happen is happening now. So it's just to say that you cannot never uh, label someone or or just say, oh, that's going to be this for sure. You, know, you never know. It's hard yeah. to judge something. And, and sometimes we, we always think of uh, better uh, not spit on people that are under us because eventually they'll grow up and they'll be you know, they'll have a, a different job or a bigger position or something like that. But how many times would you think that someone that you were with him and was out of the picture for a while could have come back and make such an impact? So such a you know, crazy it's, story. It's not, yeah, it's not just for it's just it's just a great lesson of life all around. I think. And I'm, I'm so happy to be in the middle of it, not because uh, I pride myself on it, because uh, I think I can use it as a good tool to, to be a good ambassador about, you know, uh, good coaching maybe, or, you know, or, you know, with, you know, with my daughter or with, you know, just inspiring people. Yeah, I, I think it's a great inspiring without, life without story. Going over the, I just, and I really don't want to go over the board with the inspiration things and inspiring people. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that just by wrestling, it does that. You know, I don't want to say it, basically. You know, it's not something that I, I want to really say, but, you know, it's something that I hope it does. I truly hope it does inspire people. That's, yeah. that's one thing for sure. And you're, then, yeah, from the hard work. With wrestling, wrestlers are creating moments in other people's lives. Like, they're doing their career, they're enjoying themselves, but you're really creating moments and inspiring millions of people. So, yeah, you're definitely accomplishing that goal. That's cool. That's I'm really, really happy to, yeah. to hear that. That makes my day today, yeah. Huh, thank you. Really happy. Yeah, no, we're very happy about it and uh, excited and just can't wait to to see what happens next. Uh, One one thing that I did want to uh, mention to you was that um, I, in in preparing for the show, I read an excellent book. I'm not sure if you know, uh, Pat Leprad. Um, He he wrote... uh, I know Pat for sure. 
Yeah, yeah, an excellent book that more people should read, uh, Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjobs, the untold story of how Montreal yeah. shaped the world of wrestling. And in that book, um, Pat has a, a great chapter on yourself and, and your career. Um, and uh, so many really interesting moments. Um, but, I mean, the, the biggest one to me was how that chapter finished. And that, that chapter finished that, um, you know, after this great career, this great run where you've been everywhere, uh, you, you didn't end up uh, quite uh, getting to that, that world champion level in the WWF. But uh, at that time, you were okay with that and you accepted that. And uh, you had, and I know you never did an actual retirement match like Jacques or anything like that, uh, but you did yeah. uh, at the end of that chapter, um, uh, Pat uh, sort of explained that you, you had accepted the end of your career and, uh, and you were uh, retired. Um, obviously, since then, you've, you've had this uh, amazing comeback from, from this retirement. Um, I guess I wanted to ask you, uh, in in your mind, um, you know how how did you go from from that acceptance of retirement and say, ah, oh, this this was a good career, you know, I'm happy to to be done. To say, yeah. no, That's I want to so try great. one more time. That's so great. Your question is so great. I mean, because uh, it's uh, it covers the whole thing, you know, and it, it opens me a, a large wide door to answer that with pleasure it's it's uh and and i'm gonna put it this way it's like you know vince mcmahon sometimes he's probably looking at, uh, at his wrestlers and he hopes like someone one of them is gonna really pop out and he's gonna be able to put the machine behind him like he did with austin like he did with uh, hogan like he did with the rock and but it doesn't happen very often the territory is going to pop with one guy. And when I say, you know, I give all the credits to the world, to the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H has been 20 times world champion. Uh, CM Pong has been, I don't know, many times. Uh, Brian Christopher Daniels, you know, uh, everybody, you know, that has been champion, Chris Benoit, has been incredible. You know, it's, it, hmm. it's uh, working your whole life for achieving that moment. But in my case, I wanted to be not just a world champion. I wanted to draw the biggest crowd. I wanted to draw the biggest rating, and I wanted to sell the most merch as anyone has ever sold before. My dreams is so huge. From when I was 14 years old, that dream is inside me since that age 14. And it's a big, huge dream. And the bigger the dream is, the harder it is to accomplish. So it was not just a, a dream about, you know, I want to be world champion one day. It was all those words that I gave to you. you know? mm -hmm. So imagine, imagine you have to work 10 times harder. And, 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 and sometimes you're in an office with, with Vince or with Jim Ross or, Bruce Richard or John Laurinaitis, and they ask you, you know, Carl, who do you think is going to be the next, you know, big superstar here? And you feel like saying it's going to be myself because you've been thinking about that your whole life since you're 14, but you, you, you don't want to tell them because if it doesn't happen, maybe they, they're going to think 
you know, you're crazy or you got a super big ego or, you know, it's not about the team, it's about yourself or for different reasons. So you go ahead and you say, I don't know, you tell me, John, tell me who's going to be the next big superstar. And I, and I, I with John Laurinaitis, that and one time they told me the boogeyman, that was when the boogeyman, when he was doing the, 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 the swarm in, in his mouth, it was getting over pretty big, and then he got out of the picture. I don't know why. He said he had to get his... Because the second time he asked me, he said, Vladimir Kozlov's going to be that big next superstar. And then I said, what happened to the boogeyman? <laughs> and he, he, then he went, he, well, he had to uh, get his feet redone, and we lost him. So it's like, like I said before, it's hard to, to say some a name. Like right now, the... They have Roman Reigns under their radar. That might be him. That might not be him. You know, it's hard to say because with The Rock, everybody was booing him, and it, it worked. But we don't know the, the way things are going. So I'm just saying, like Vince is waiting for something to pop, and sometimes it, it pops, sometimes it doesn't. And as a wrestler. Every year we're thinking this is the year that this year is going to pop for me. This is going to be my year. And it doesn't happen. And it doesn't happen. And Vince is waiting for someone to pop his territory. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And he's been trying so many times. I've been trying so many years. And then uh, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to just let go a little bit. You know, maybe I was putting too much pressure you know, when you try to get something too hard, it gets away from you instead of getting towards you. Mm. I kind of let go, you know. I kind of figure out, like, if if it's really there and it's really my destiny, you know, uh, I'm going to see how yeah. things revolve around me and how everything goes. So I kind of let go for for a while, you know, not thinking about it and just letting that sink in. You know, and, and try to do other things. And by doing other things, I got back naturally into the road of wrestling. It's, it was people pushing me into it. It was not me asking for it. It was people saying, no, 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 don't do that. Just go, go back. Just do like a wrestling report. And then I started with doing some reports. Then I started with doing some other things about wrestling, and then the next thing that you knew, like somebody was calling me, "Do you want to wrestle next week?" And then, then this and that, and then I did good. And then when I did good, then I, I said, "Okay, now I need to get, you know, I still believe in this thing. Now I need to get a better condition. I, I really got to have like super great conditioning, you know, for a single match. You know, I've worked on top before against Shock, the Forum, you know." Like it was a big WrestleMania card, we're main event. Yeah, the, was that was Jacques, Jacques' retirement match, the the one that you guys sold out yeah, the yeah, forum. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And the whole roster was working that night: Brevin Owen, Taker, and Yoko, uh, all the teams, and all the Jeff Jarrett, Razor Ramon. Everybody was underneath us, mm. and, and we topped it off, and we stole the show. Yeah, uh, amazing yeah, match. That, I've that, seen. That gave me it. I've seen footage of yeah, that, that match. Yeah, that gave me a hell of a boost. Yeah, exactly and, on YouTube. 
I mean, you see that match, and, yeah. and to me, uh, you know, I think I only saw clips of it, maybe seven minutes. I, I'd love to, to see the full match footage one day. But, I mean, I watched that, and uh, you and, and Jacques, and it was such a great story of, uh, you know, Jacques' retirement at the time, and you were uh, such a, a, a badass heel, having just turned on, on Jacques um, prior to that, and, and everyone just wanted that feel-good moment of, of Jacques winning. Um, and he beat you with that, uh, like, sit-out, uh, Owen Hart style pile driver. Uh, was yeah, the fantastic. breaking neck pile driver. Yeah, the, yeah, because it almost broke my neck on this one. Because wow. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just like Gumby, you know. I don't know Gumby, but it's like like uh, like a little uh, cartoon guy who doesn't get break out. You know, he always like he always twists and turns, so yeah, nothing yeah. happens to him. So anyway, we know Gumby. Love uh, me some Gumby. Uh, I'm Gumby, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, 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 like uh, many times, you know, people were asking, "How come you're not injured?" I was just like that. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not, I'm not human. So, hmm. so uh, no, but uh, uh, that 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 boosts my confidence right there. And after that, I had a match against Undertaker in Poughkeepsie, New York, and then I had my run with Brett, and then then I thought, okay, now I'm hitting the big names, you know. Mm. And then the the thing with the click happened and, and things went down. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all right. You know, I was a big part of it too. You know, I was young. It's like probably stupid and I made my mistakes. And, uh, you know, as, if I would have kept on blaming them, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. So I, I mean, I think a lot of people hear those stories and, um, and, and they think you are the man for, for what you did, you know, like my way or the highway. Uh, like of of all the people that um, the click maybe maybe run over and push down, but like you uh, didn't, you know, want to to take that. I think that's something to be respected. Yeah, now I think you can look at it. Now you can look at it like that. But before, maybe uh, people looked at it like I wasn't a good business guy because I didn't want to do business with them. But it was not that I didn't want to do business with Vince. Because I really respect Vince a lot, and he was always good to me. But it was just something between me and them. But now it's like I'm over that, and yeah. you know, at one point I look at myself in the mirror, and I and, and I thought maybe I was better than that. You no, know, better than them. If I was part of that, it's because you know I was given them energy, or I was there. I was probably a little bit like them. Anyways, I don't want to uh, hit myself too much in my head, but I'm, I was just say that I had to look at myself in the mirror and I had to uh, take full responsibility for all my acts and for everything that was happening into my life and then just move on, you know? I couldn't mm. just stay there and just hate those guys forever and ruin my life for other guys. Yeah. When, you know, I had to go over that to be able to become who I became. So uh, I'm so proud of that, that I didn't stay in that hated and that, be, you know, feeling like uh, bitter and, and you know, drinking because I, I hate those guys. It fucked up my career. I fucking bunch of assholes and things like that. No, if I see, I'm going to see Nash probably next week. I'm going to shake his hand. I'm going to happy to see him because the last time I saw him, he taught me a lot about the business. And, uh, 
same thing with Sean, you know, after after like a few years we met, everything was good. So I've got no enemies, I think, you That's know, great. trying to have life. No enemies. Uh, great, like great I positivity. Said. I think that's a good lesson and for anyone to, to you know, grow from, from the ne negative experience, and, and but like, be happened, good about it. Yeah, and that's what happened. And then I started, I met Destro. When I met Destro, I asked him if he wanted to train me. If he would have said no, it would have been over with my career. And he said yes, and that was that last little string that my career was holding on to. It was that last string that I could hope to make a comeback. It was to get trained by this show. And when he said yes, I said to myself, I'm back into that picture now. I'm hmm. back into that picture. Now I can achieve what I wanted to achieve. And then I started to do more shows and more shows, and I got booked in Chicago, and I could have choose. I could have chosen um, the January the 13th for Chicago or April 21st, but I knew I wanted to be near WrestleMania for April, so I chosen like the January the 13th. I almost didn't make the shot because it was a snowstorm, and I got to the building 15 minutes before the show, before the, the bell ring. And I worked Aiden Page, and Joey Janela was watching, and he said, I want you for the spring break. So wow. Imagine the destiny there. Just yeah. To, just if I'd chosen another date instead of January 13th, if I say April 21st, I'm not talking to you right now on the phone. Mm. Yeah, that it all just lined up and it, it perfectly happened. Like that to me, that's destiny. That's you know something's meant to be. It's meant to be. Um, and yeah, then that that yeah. match that we already spoke about that you had with uh, with uh, Walter, um, it just. It lit the internet on fire, you know, just uh, everyone loved it. And, and a lot of people that maybe either were too young to know who Pierre Carloulet was or maybe they yeah, forgot. That but didn't like, matter. Yeah, it didn't matter. After that match, uh, everyone loved you. And from people yeah, like who, who have enjoyed your career from the Quebecers till now, like it's amazing to see someone we've always had as part of our life make such a resurgence and, and be – you know, enjoying their career again. Like, it's it's not a story you see a lot of times, you know what I mean? A lot of times the wrestling stories are negative. Sad stories. Or sad but, stories. But of the this isn't guys. a sad story at all. It's a great it's story. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm so I'm so happy and so pumped, and, and people are coming to see me after the show, and they say, like, you look so good in your skin. You look, you know, it's fun to watch you. We're... You put a smile on our face, you know, or oh, it's, it's like the, all the positive, the positive that comes out of that, it's, it's totally insane. It's crazy. So uh, I feel like, you know, uh, I'm, in the, um, I'm like right on where I always wanted to be, but I never expected to be that late in my life. But when I, when Destro said he was going to train me, I knew I had that little string that was, it was so possible. And then I did the, you know, everything lined up since then. So now uh, I feel like uh, I got to open the valves now, you know, I got to open up the, everything and just make it happen. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I said Taker. And that's why, that, you know, the more people that they're going to 
do it by themselves without me telling them, you know, it's just like eventually they'll figure out, you know, they'll see the, the, the PCO character and they'll see themselves. Now this guy's got to be a WrestleMania with Taker or it's going to be a WrestleMania with Rollins or Ray Wyatt or whatever's going to fit, you know, in time. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure puzzle will fall into place and, We'll find out what, what's going to fit best for PCO and what's going to be the match. And, you know, just keep on doing, you know, my best every night. Doing a crazy bowler, you know, tournament, a crazy FCI tournament hmm. in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. And uh, just working my ass off and just, you know, paying, you know, sacrifice, you know, paying the price. And, uh, just just working hard at it and i think you know hope uh it's all that i got left now you know it's uh you know it's uh it's, it's all up in the air now so, yeah uh, i'm gonna do everything i can i'm gonna do everything i can but you know hope is the thing that keeps us alive so am right uh you know when i like kind of when I kind of decided to let go a few, you know, few months and think about something else, I said to myself, well, I'm not miserable for that. I'm still happy. I'm still grateful, you know, to the life that I've got, to everything that I lived. But when everything started to line up into it, it didn't take me a long time before I was quitting everything and selling everything and repackaging everything towards that goal. You know, because uh, all my life, you know, I made so many sacrifices and all I, I, I ruined relationships, you know, specifically for, for the business, not because I wanted to ruin a relationship, because I was telling the, the girl that I was with that if I had to be on the road in England for eight months or 10 months or a year, uh, she wouldn't come with me and uh, I was going by myself. And uh, it's been like that, you know, since day one with the business. So if I had like to, if I had a great job, like at one point I was doing the voiceovers for TNA in French. I was getting paid by the TV station uh, in French. And I was making a grand a, a week for one hour. And then I quit that job just for my dream. So... And, and the guy, the, the, the producer said, if you want, you can keep your job for three months. If you go to England and if you have a, a, a tryout with WWE or if they ask you and it doesn't work out, you can always come back here. And I told the boss, I told Robert, the producer, Robert, if I do that, because I don't believe in myself. If I don't believe in myself, I'll go, okay, keep my job. If it doesn't work, I'll come back. If I believe in myself and I'm the champ that I think that, that I could be tonight, the guy that I think that can draw money, that can sell the most merch, that can do the most things that I, that everybody has done before in the past, then give my job to someone else. And I went, and it didn't work out. And I came back home, and I had to find another find another job, and you know, start from the bottom again. And you know, that's all the the price. You know that's. If, if something good happens to me, you can't say, oh, I stole it, you know. It just, he was lucky. He was at the right place at the right time. No, 
<laughs> I worked my ass off for it. Yeah. For every second of it, I've, I've worked, I've put the dedication, I've lost things. I lost, uh, I could uh, go, I could uh, go into a school, university, I could have made them to a hockey player, I could have, there's so many choices that I could have made that I decided to stick with the wrestling business against all odds. And sometimes when you have all your family saying, what are you doing there? What are you going back there? You know, you know, you had so much problems, you were miserable, you weren't happy, you didn't appreciate, you know, life while you were there and you're going back there. Yeah, I'm going back there because, you know, when I was 14, I said I was going to achieve that and I will achieve it. I'm going all the way to the end now. Oh, it's too late. I can't go back. I'm just <laughs> one, one, one speed that's forward. I don't have a neutral. I don't have a rewind. I don't have anything else. It's just forward and that's it. That's it's amazing. Just to hear such just determination. Just yeah, just a belief in yourself. It's amazing. Uh, I think more people need to just have such a, a complete uh, giving everything to their dream, you know, like that. Uh, people a lot of the time can can be like oh i tried and and failed but like you know you're not trying unless you're all in and and i think in in everything that you've just said it's just like you completely dedicated to doing everything that you can um to achieve this and and it's 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 going so great right now and i I really think that the sky is the limit um um, yeah so happy with, with this and uh so happy for you man Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Um, you know, thank you so much uh, for, for your time today. You've been so giving uh, for someone that by the sounds of it, you're a, a very busy man. Yes. Yeah. I got a lot of calls to return and a lot of bookings to return. But, I mean, I, I need to do those those uh, those uh, podcasts, you know, as much as I can. I mean, it's it's very important to me. It's it's in, it's in a way I'm giving back also to the fans, uh, you know, so they can know what's behind the scene and what it is to be a wrestler. And it's not just always fun to be in front of a crowd and like people think, oh yeah, they're stars and they're having fun and things like that. And they they, when they get to know what we're really living on a day to day basis and how tough it is and how passionate we have to be about about the business to to endure all that pain and all those things, you know, because uh, there's a lot, you know, for, like you said, for a 10-minute uh, performance or a 25, 30-minute performance if you're on a main event. I mean, all those hours you spend in a car in an airport, uh, on a hotel room that you hear noise on each side or a studio with a, you know, with another guy that you don't barely know, or you're traveling with people that you barely know, you know, on the road because they put you in a car to the next show with some people that they're the boys, but you don't always know the boys because Mm. sometimes you're in Germany or in England and it's just a different crew and things like that. And and I remember that's another story. I'm gonna finish like that. There's got so many stories, but when the the mother of my daughter, because my daughter's name is uh, we named her London because uh, 
my 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 ex girlfriend got pregnant while she came with me over in London in England for all far. And then when I found a condo, a condo where we could live, and when she saw everything that the dump that was inside that condo, the all the the livery, the the shits and everything. She said, there's no way I'm going to live here. No way. You're not going to make me live here. I'm, I'm telling you. I, and I told her, you need two days and you'll be able, and I will clean up that place and you won't believe. And I, I, I piled up 96 bags of, of, of garbage out of that condo. Wow. And, and like to paint everything and, you know, wash everything and, and then I had uh, have her to accept to live there, and we lived there for eight months. But I had a cheap, cheap rent, worked my ass off. But if you would have seen picture of that, you would have said, "No way! That it's impossible that somebody one day will be able to live in that fucking dump." You know, <laughs> it was so bad. So but you turned that's it around. Just another. Just a little bit of, you know, the price to pay yeah. to succeed in this business. Yeah. Also, another indication of your goal setting. You said, no, we have this house. I'm going to make it very livable. Listen to me. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Yeah, if you put in enough work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really convincing. Yeah. Well, hey, also, speaking of... Want to be merch sales? Uh, Bola, one of the big things they do is everyone surrounds around the ring and sells their t shirts hanging right off the ring rope. So bring yourself some of your gimmicks down there, and I'm sure you'll walk away with a good handful of money. Oh, yeah. I mean, the merch is coming out like people are asking for a long time. And you know what's the nicest piece of my merch? Mm-hmm. It's the cable mm-hmm. jumpers. I hope I can sell them like crazy, and I, I hope everybody wants to be uh, to have a uh, cable jumpers put in their cars. They can feel protected, and they can feel like nothing's gonna happen to their car. <laughs> that's cars, awesome. Just no cable in their car. Oh man, that's hilarious. That's I would awesome. totally that's buy that. Awesome. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I I would totally yeah, buy. I'm bringing a bunch of cables. Oh. Yeah, plus my shirt. <laughs> It'll be insane. That is the best merch You'll I've ever see. heard. That's beautiful. That would be crazy. That's going to be crazy. It's going to be on all the Walmarts and all the <laughs> stores in the United States. We're starting that with uh, Black Craft Wrestling. They already have it made. So it's going to take a few weeks. And uh, I'm bringing a bunch, uh, a bunch of them at uh, Bola. Amazing. Oh, PCO-style car jumper cables. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Absolutely. Well, before we, before we get out of here, tell everyone where to... Follow you on, I mean, we know where you follow me on Twitter, but tell yeah, about your YouTube also, channel, yeah, Instagram, all that jazz. The, the, the most important thing is, yeah, at uh, PCO Quebecer on Twitter. You, you, you go there first, and from Twitter, you have access to all the rest, to Instagram, to Facebook, to whatever you want, uh, YouTube. But first, you had me as a friend on Twitter and from there everything is going to be so easy. You have access to all the videos, to all the scoops right uh, directly. That's my first priority platform. It's Twitter, then after that it's Facebook, then it's Instagram, 
than YouTube. So, um, but everything's on YouTube. If people want to search anything, they're all there. Yeah, all you the have videos, extensive everything. YouTube. There's a lot of great matches on there. Yeah, even like the yeah. Kevin Nash uh, match, the the rematch that you guys had in uh, in IWS. I saw some of yeah. the footage from that is up, where you uh, defeated Kevin Nash with the armbar. I knew it. I yeah. think Matt Riddle better watch out for that armbar. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So, no, there's a lot of good stuff on YouTube, but like I said, Twitter's the main platform where I'm always there. You know. Uh, uh, every time I see 20, 20 messages or something, I always clear out, you know, make sure I answer everybody and uh, retweet everybody and uh, make, uh, make sure everybody's happy, you know, that mm. uh, can get that uh, a good, like, uh, connections with the it's, fans. It's so great, man, because, so. like, these days, you know, you have so many of the older wrestlers that have people run their, their Twitter. They have other people do it for them. But you can tell uh, you, so yeah, it's bullshit. And, and, but you put in all of that work in addition to all of the other work that you were telling us about to actually like to, to run the, this Facebook. And you must spend a lot of time on um, and the, the Twitter. You must spend a lot of time on there, man. Yeah, yeah when, I, uh, when a video comes out and we get like 10,000 views and something like that, and and one thing that I did too uh, when it came out on the the PWG uh, page that, that was the first entrance, mm-hmm. I said thank you to everyone that posted on the my tweet on that page. I did one by one. I had uh, I think it was uh, 139 messages. Wow. I did all of them, and then I I I do all of them on my page too. And uh, I'm always open to, uh, you know, like when people are saying things and things like that. I always, like, put, you know, if, if sometimes it's not a long answer, but you have to take into consideration that I do a lot during the day oh, yeah. and during the week. But I'm there for everybody. I'm there for everybody. Yeah, it's so great to see, man. Cool. It's so good. Um, and... I wanted to make mention as well. Uh, again, everyone needs to watch the, these videos that we're talking about. Uh, check them out. I see the, the videos are linked on the, the Twitter as well, so you can see them there. But in, in one of those videos that I mentioned, uh, the, the one where Destro is uh, digging you up in the cemetery, I uh, heard yeah. you tell an interesting story about maybe some trouble that you got into uh, during the filming of uh of this video yeah, of course <laughs> could you tell us about that uh, but yeah because no yeah because like yeah, it was like around six o'clock it was kind of daytime because we wanted to have a good you know uh shot on the camera we wanted to be clear and kind of sunny a little bit just a little bit dark and people were like uh, uh putting flowers on, on, yeah because this is an actual know, cemetery it, right yeah it's a real one so and then they, they, they look at Destro with his sunglasses, his leather jacket, and then it's got the the body bag, and it looks like we're gonna dig someone in the hole. You know, it doesn't look like we're <laughs> shooting a film or something. So like someone called the cop. They thought we were guy like uh, that we had killed someone, and we were like trying to hide him in the cemetery by you know putting him in the hole and just then digging a hole and putting. The, the dirt on top of it. So we had to explain to the cop that we were like, I was a like I was PCO. And I was like, oh, you're PCO, okay, but we have to find us because 
you're not allowed, you know, to dig a hole in the cemetery, you know, so <laughs> we had to pay a fine. And then uh, they didn't want us to finish the shooting, so I had to tell them, listen, this, my career depends on that. You know, please, you know, give us at least 30 minutes. We'll finish that, you know, we'll pack up the holes, you know, and nothing's going to look like we've been here before. And so it cost us a lot of money, but, you know, we've been through it, and uh, now that's over. So you know, hopefully the video would have been that's insane. <laughs> oh, oh, man, so crazy. What can we do for this business? Get over it. Huh? Yeah, crazy. yes, sir. Yeah, the things we do. <laughs> uh, man, that's great. Again, crazy. just another example of the, the links that uh, PCO will go to yeah, for these videos and for his yeah. fans. <laughs> Perseverance, constant perseverance. I mean, that's just craziness. Yeah, just going all out. Yeah, man. Going all out. Just giving everything we've got. Just giving everything we've got until we we get to the top. You know? And and it's one of it's not one of those deal where I'm going to be twenty five times world champion or you know six times or you know I just want to be you know the biggest thing in pro wrestling. That's it. And after that, you know, I could go on and. Talk about it, and you know, give advice on it, what I've done, what was my road, and you know, there's a lot of things, you know. You, you see, time goes so fast, you know. It sure does. It's, it's going to be insane after that, everything that I'll be able to do. But I just feel like I have to accomplish that, that thing, that main desire that's been uh, tattooed. More than tattooed, I don't know what it's been, but uh, it's, it's been right into my heart, you know, since that age, you know, since almost maybe since I was born, I would say, but I kind of realized it when I was 14. And I would always say, you know, I'd be the next uncle, you know, at that age. I didn't have any problem with saying that to my friends, and they were laughing at me. And when I became uh, the WWE superstar and I became uh, the tag team champion, then they all stopped laughing. And then they, they saw, oh. And then I met some of the classmates that I had back then. And they couldn't believe, you know, how much, you know, I went from what I was telling them I would become. But there was still some uh, length to do and some distance to go. So I wasn't uh, where... I wanted to. I was uh, at a pretty good point there, but uh, it doesn't always work out the way we want. But uh, certainly, uh, at the end of the day, when you don't quit, uh, it's going to work out one way or another, I guess. Yeah, man. Sky is the limit. Um, and yeah, I, I completely believe in you and, and this uh, journey that you're on and, and I think that uh, as, as far as you want to go uh, you're going to make it because it's, it's just gone so great right now man um, we're, we're really happy for you yes sir yeah thank you thank you very much for, for having me on the show and uh, just when you see me at Bola please come see me let's shake hands I always like to you know put a face with the people that I've talked with and so that's going to be great yeah i'd love always to always enjoy you know seeing those people oh it's going to be so much fun hmm. and uh there's also that one guy that there's another guy i can't remember his name but he wrote me last night and he said uh, we're going there to see you 
and we're having a bachelor party and we want you to chop our friend. So, I don't know if they, I don't know if they asked Walter for this chop, but they asked me for sure. Yeah, and I said the chop is a done deal. I'm doing that for sure. And, and uh, we would like you to come for a drink with us in the bar after it. But that I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll see about that. Oh, that's awesome, man. I hope we'll that it's like in the there. I hope that the it's like in the video where you had the guy tied up with the, the thing in his mouth and then you're chopping him. I hope the bachelor's party is just like that. <laughs> <laughs> look like that. So. Yeah, he'll, be great. he'll be running out of there past Destro just the same. Yeah, yeah, of course. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, thank you again. Thank you so much for, for your time and being so good uh, to, to us uh, with your time today. Um, I, I know how busy you are, uh, so please just know that this uh, means a, a lot to us. So uh, thank you, man. Yeah, we'll see you in Los Angeles. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, yeah. no, definitely yeah, we'll see you that. there. LA. Okay, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. All right, uh, bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Damn. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, how how friggin' nice of a guy is Carl? Just, like, giving us all that <laughs> time of his. Like, you can tell a heck of a story, hey? Hell yeah, man. And uh, if Courtney thinks that you are good at rambling, Carl is also good, but his stories are a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but, oh, man. Um, funny thing. That um, mm. interview went a little bit longer than I was expecting. And so yes. midway through, I actually had to take a leak in this wine bottle. <laughs> I've had to do that before on the show, dude. I, I did. It was so funny. I'm like, everyone's talking. I'd be over pissing in this corner. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh thank you so much for for listening uh thank you again to um pierre carlo let uh just what a uh, tremendous interview tremendous interview tremendous story um just I, I i just still cannot comprehend the level of, of commitment and drive and, and like he said like all of those little things that that he puts into uh, the, the whole presentation that, that we see, you know, we might see 10 minutes of a match, we might see 20 minutes of a match, but, um, you know, it's, it's just something else to hear that story from an actual, the human being behind PCO. I mean, I, I, thought, I thought that was awesome. I, I'm just Agreed. such a fan of the guy. Hey. And I uh, had to put you over a little bit, the the question incorporating Pat LaProd's book, and definitely took him back and struck him. So that's why I have the best co-host in the business, uh, Mr. Chris Bryan here. Oh, Good job, buddy. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, kiss, kiss. <laughs> I'm doing a little bump on your, your digital um, chin right now. I, yeah, I, I, I was quite, um, quite uh, happy that, that you seemed to enjoy the question. Um, and I mean, for everyone out there as well, uh, for people that haven't read uh, much of uh, Pat Laprade's stuff, he's a, a such a fucking knowledgeable guy. Um, like I said, uh, Mad Dogs, Midgets, and Screwjobs, the untold story of how Montreal shaped the world of wrestling, goes so far beyond just, you know, what you're necessarily reading for the Montreal Screwjob. Um, you know, Montreal is such a interesting place in the, the history of, uh, of wrestling, from the, the Rougeos to... Um, just uh, the Vachons and, and everything there. There's another great book that um, that Pat has has put out recently um, on uh, Maurice Vachon, 
uh, the the original Mad Dog of wrestling uh, that everyone mm-hmm. should check out. That actually has been recently translated into English after initially being published back in 2015 um, in uh, French. But yeah, check it out. Mad Dog, the Maurice Vachon story. A lot of great stuff there. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely staying tuned to, to whatever Pat puts out next. Um, and yeah, if anyone just wants to learn a, a bit more about um, the, the, the history of, of Montreal, definitely check him out. I actually, funny story, um, at uh, last year's WrestleMania, um, yeah. I went to the Raw afterwards. And the seats that I was at to start with were, were really shit because it like sold out really fast, right? And um, I got scalper tickets and I was like up in these shitty nosebleeds. And then I saw there was this section across the other side of the ring that was like had some empty spots. So, you know, like I don't give a fuck breaking into wrestling shows or, or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, there was these empty seats. There just no one's, no one's taking advantage of these seats. So uh, I waited a couple of matches. No one was filling them in. Uh, then made a sneaky walk over to the other side of the ring um, and then got into this, this spot. And the seats that I just happened to be sitting in, Guess who was in front of me? Taylor Pratt. Yeah, so the uh, just sitting behind Pat, and he was just like such a nice guy and such a smart guy, and yeah, I just thought that was really funny, like considering how much of a fan I am of his his books. Um, a small world. Yeah, yeah. Did you have Which a? Who actually I sat next to at WrestleMania when when Kevin hooked me up with seats uh, for WrestleMania. He is of course friends with Pat Laprade, and I was sitting in the friends and family section, and sure enough heard the voice and i go are you fucking pat leprod because i've heard you on podcast he goes oh yes i am pat leprod uh but that's my <laughs> terrible french accent uh but I, let's not hope pat ever hears <laughs> let's hope carl doesn't hear it either yeah yeah, yeah. oh he's <laughs> very more tough than the, oh my god it's like this tough french guy could whoop the shit out of me man oh yeah hey, like i'm assuming still listening, hello yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah thanks for for listening this far courtney there's no way she's listened this far. Come on. <laughs> oh, hey, man. Well, yeah. this was a fun one. Uh, two interviews in. Uh, I think we're getting our feet out of, under us. We're doing pretty good here. What do you think? Yeah, I'm just having lots of fun, man, uh, to the point of, of I honestly, well, no, that's bad. I was going to say I don't care about our listeners. I do care about our listeners, but... Uh, <laughs> In and of it, if myself, I'm just having fun doing this, and and to have like such a fun chat with uh, with Carl, like we had there today, and uh, again, sir, I uh, I always enjoy just uh, shooting the shit with yourself. So I'm having yes, fun, and I I don't care if two people listen or if a hundred people or whatever listen. So let's let's keep as, it on as, going. Even if it's just our lady friends, it's just our lady friends. It's still fun <laughs> for us. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> nice man. All, All right, right, man. Well, thanks so much for your time, and uh, yeah, thank you everybody for for listening um, again. Um, quite the uh, the chunky show, but uh, yeah. heck, I hey, I could I spent my Fourth of July, my American Independence Day, hanging out with an Australian guy and a French Canadian guy talking about wrestling. Uh, I I couldn't have had a better time, honestly. Ah, that that makes me feel <laughs> nice. I um. <laughs> I feel honored, sir. You're you're well, foregoing right. the the fireworks and potentially blowing off a limb uh, to to spend time chatting some shit about wrestling. I love it. 
I, my salute to professional wrestling. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right, Thanks ladies and gentlemen. Us. Yeah, let's let's close this baby down. Thanks for joining us. Um, again, always want to thank the awesome dudes over at Social Suplex, uh, the premier wrestling podcast network, or at least one of my favorite. Um, we have uh, quite a lot of other great shows in addition to the Grown Men Watch This Shit podcast. Uh, you can also find the um, One Nation radio show, the Keeping It Strong Style New Japan show, the Ricky and Clive wrestling show, Outsiders Edge, and the Wrestling Washed. Um, you can find all that stuff over at socialsuplex.com. Uh, you can find uh, our Twitter page at uh, Grown Men Pod. That's at Grown Men Pod on the Twitter. Uh, yeah. Myself, you can find me on the uh, the Twitter at. Uh, I don't even know what my Twitter is, but Instagram at Chris is Things, at Chris Things. Oh, I got both. Okay, at Chris Things on both the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, how about yourself, my friend? Uh, I am at James Vanderbeek, J A I M S Vanderbeek on both Twitter and Instagram. So it makes it easy. If you need a T-shirt designer or anything, get at me. Uh, I don't get know if up. a lot of wrestlers listen to this, please. But hey, hey, go come on over. Yeah, I like the idea if one of our listeners just like gets a, a shirt done up for funsies just for themselves, like not for any not? sort of promotional purpose. Just just hit him sure. up. Do it. Fucking hey. Yeah, he'll come up All with right, a Chris. sick sick pun design. I think it'll be great. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again. Uh, thanks so much, and uh, we'll uh, see you next time. It's Cheers, guys. Everybody.